Hello, Moto America fans, and welcome to this latest episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. Uh, usually Carruthers does the intro, but for today, Bice is doing the intro. Uh, and I'm Sean Bice here in uh, central Ohio, and I, my partner is Paul Carruthers out on the West Coast. Uh, good afternoon, Paul. How are you? I'm good, and you weren't that much better at it than me, so we've got that in common. We both suck at the intros, but... <laughs> Thank you. No, yeah, I, I, I you mean, did a you good know. job. I'm just teasing you. You did great. And uh, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, actually, Richard Varner, who's the big boss at, at uh, Moto America, told me, he said, uh, never do a bad job well. Like, if you're sweeping the floor, don't do a very good job sweeping the floor because the boss is just going to keep making you sweep the floor. So you may have <laughs> done a bad job good or whatever. And uh, you may have to keep the job. But anyways, um, I'm doing great. It's it's uh, it's a nice day out here in Southern California and uh, things are going good. And, you know, I got, we got a lot of comments on our on our um, uh, your little story last week about the was it the schnooks? The, oh, the beanie have? and the toque. The toque. <laughs> the toque. The toque. <laughs> so I've got do, I, I've got a little story. I've got a question for you, you know. OK. Um, you know, Australians like out in the outback, especially they wear those big brimmed hats and they have um, they have strings hanging from the from the brim all around. And there's corks on the end of those. Do you know what that's for? I didn't know there were corks on them. No. What is that for? The, the strings are on the on the on the brim or the hat all the way around and the string hangs down and then there's corks on the end. And that's when when you walk or when you turn your head, the corks, there's movement there and it keeps the flies away from your face. <laughs> I thought it would be if the hat went in the water, it would uh, the corks would no, cause no, it to no, flow. No. But I guess there's not much water. It, it's <laughs> to keep flies and other insects away from your face because in the outback of Australia, there's a, trust me, there's a hell of a lot of flies. So that is that's awesome. Why that's why Australian cattlemen started wearing those helmet, uh, those uh, hats like that. So you know that was kind of the counter your beanie story from last week. But uh, that's beautiful. What is that? The hat that they always put up on one side. Yes. I think why, why I do think they do people, that? I think that's a style thing. Okay. Because Crocodile Dundee it was, had it like that, didn't he? I think. Well, anytime I've seen an Australian, I don't know. It seems like I I see him doing that. So, um, hey, so I've got a I've got a story too. To, uh, speaking not of Australia, but of an, another. Well, let me just say this. I don't want to give it away, but um, I'm a huge fan of music. But my love of music is inversely proportional to my ability to sing, and it's kind of a problem my wife says that i'm actually tone deaf and i probably am i think it's i sound good but i'm horrible but uh i wanted to uh recite a little bit of lyric for you and tell me if you can oh, wow. kind of name that tune name name the band and or the song um are you ready paul yeah but i'm really bad at this but go ahead well we'll, we'll keep well it'll work believe me it'll work okay i hear the drums echoing tonight but she hears only whispers of some quiet conversation let me keep going. She's coming in 1230 flight. The moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation. No idea. Okay. You'd have to sing it. All right. Well, the, the chorus to the song goes, I bless the rains down in Africa. And oh. the song, the song's by Toto. Uh, it was actually done a couple of years ago. Uh, Weezer covered it. So the kids, as I call them, I think they know the song and, and consider it to be a hit. 
it was a pretty big hit all over the place. And David Page actually wrote it because he went to uh, a, the school he went to. Um, he had most of his teachers did did missionary work in Africa. And uh, so he wrote this song about Africa. And that's what he meant by the moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation. And I bless the rains down in Africa is about uh, going on a mission trip. So anyway, it's about Africa. And the reason I bring it up is our guest this week. And Paul, can you um, can you talk about the guest before we have him on? Let's see what I know about him. He's a big fella. Um, I think I don't I don't think he's the biggest guy in the paddock, but he's he he he's pretty big compared to most motorcycle racers. But it doesn't seem to stop him from uh, from having a ton of success. Um, and 2018 was obviously his most successful season. Um, we're talking about Hayden Gillum, and he won four Supersport races. Um, all of his wins, except for the first one, came in the came in the, towards the end of the season. His first one actually came in the first race, and I know there was a period of time there when um, he—I'm not going to say he didn't think he was going to win again because I think he knew he was going to win again, but he didn't think it would take so long. His victories were pretty far between, but once he started winning again, he reeled off three wins at the end of the season, and he ended up with 15 total podiums and finished second in the championship. And uh, Hayden Gillum is. Uh, it, you know, he's a gentle giant. Let's put it that way, because I'm not yep. sure that there's Good description. a description. I'm not sure there's a, a nicer gentleman in our paddock than Hayden. He's polite. He's respectful. And, uh, you know, again, he, 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 he could kill most of us, but I don't think he'd hurt a flea, if that makes sense. Um, in looking back at his his Moto America career, it's kind of funny because he started in Supersport and uh, in 2015 and he finished 10th in the championship. 225 points behind, ironically enough, J.D. Beach, who won the championship this year. Uh, in between, he raced uh, Super Stock 1000 and uh, and Stock 1000, uh, or no, I'm sorry, just Super Stock 1000, uh, finishing fifth in the championship, and uh, he got some podiums. But my point is that there was a super sports season that wasn't great. And I mean, we can't compare apples and oranges with what, what, what he was riding then and what he was riding now, but he from 2015 finishing 10th in the championship in super sport to 2018 finishing second in the championship behind the same guy and winning four races. I think you can see that his career has, it's just blossomed. And, and, you know, I think everybody in the paddock is happy when Hayden Gillum does well. And this year he did really well. So let's welcome him into the show. And as you say, um, he's in Africa and I have no re I have no idea why. So it's going to be interesting to to chat with him and find out why he's in Africa. And I'm also amazed how well his Internet works. So Hayden, welcome to the show. <laughs> and uh, I hope you're doing well. I know it's two in the morning there. And uh, and we thank you for joining us at such an odd hour. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Come on. I'm uh Man, I'm I'm just I'm smiling. That was a that was such a good intro for me. <laughs> well, Hayden, do you know it. that song? Hayden, do you know that song by Toto? Do you know the song Africa? Um, I know I know a little bit. I don't I haven't really listened to the full thing. I uh I don't I don't think it's all that great of a song. <laughs> well, it it isn't, but I love lyrics and the fact that they said I bless the rains down in Africa. Is that what you're doing over there? Tell us tell us what you're doing. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm down here, uh, with 
Nick Wogan, who is a big photographer and videographer and everything and has helped me the last few years. And uh, we're, we flew down here, got here uh, about 10 hours ago and we, uh, we're going to do some, some mission stuff uh, like what you were talking about from the, sh from the song. And, uh, and then also we're uh, doing a six or seven day hike up Mount Kilimanjaro. So it's, wow. uh, it's going to be a, a bit of a, adventure that's for sure hayden when you uh when you start talked about doing this did you say to somebody uh i i want to i want to go on a trip and I, i'd like to you know do some mission work and somebody said kenya and you said yeah sure i can and you didn't maybe realize yeah. they meant <laughs> kenya itself <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my god. No, that's not that's not exactly how it went. Oh, it's not. Oh, okay. Tell us how it went then. How did you get involved in this? Who who did you talk to about doing this? Um so Nick Nick uh Wogan has done has done quite a bit of stuff down here over the last uh few years. Um and and he came down uh in 2015, I think, for the first time, uh doing quite a bit of mission stuff and and then uh in 2016 came and did a a documentary uh with one of the tribes down here and uh it's on Amazon if you guys want to go check it out it's called the last Messiah. um and so i i saw it once i started working with him in 2016 and i was like i was just blown away by how how amazing it was and 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 just how different it it is than anything I've ever got to see or, or do. And, uh, so I, I, I told him, I was like, Hey man, if, uh, if you ever need anybody to, to help you with another video or, or anything like that, I'm, I mean, I, I don't have to do anything. I can just hold a boomstick or something if you want. And, uh, so we, we kind of talked about it. it. It got dropped for a while. And then, um, I don't know. I think we started talking about it again in October and, and it all of a sudden just came up and, and, and came about so fast. And, uh, we got Blaine tickets within a month and, uh, and then his friend over here, Mike, uh, Hyoto, who we're staying with right now, uh, he was going to go hike Mount Kilimanjaro and, and Nick called me. He's like, Hey, uh, how would you feel about doing this? And I was like, is that really a question? Um, so it, it was, it, it kind of all came about, um, kind of last second and, um, you know, had to, had to make quite a few arrangements really quick. And, uh, it's so far, it's been a really fun trip. We had a, had a layover in Dubai for 15 hours. So I got to walk around there and, and then just going from the two different places, Dubai, and then straight into, uh, Nairobi, Kenya, uh, just two different worlds. And, and it's it's opened my eyes quite a bit already and I've only been here for 10 hours. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and, and seeing what, what good we can do. And, and then hiking up a mountain is just cherry on top. All right. What are you doing first, Hayden? Are you going to climb Kilimanjaro and then do the mission stuff or how, in what order are you doing things in? Um, so we're here for, I think, so today we're we've got some stuff planned to do around Nairobi. Uh try and we're gonna go do a little hike up this uh other little uh dormant volcano uh to kind of just explore a little bit. I think we're gonna meet with 
uh, one of the pastors that they know down here um, from one of the tribes. And uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure exactly what we're doing today and tomorrow, but tomorrow night we fly to uh, Moshi uh, in Tanzania at the base of the mountain. And then we're getting everything prepared and then we're, we're, we're hiking the mountain and then coming back here for, I think, a week and a half after that. And then that's when we're really going to get into the, the thick of it. Wow. Hayden, uh, Hayden. So let me read one quick. I got to read another little lyric from this song. Um, it goes, <laughs> I know what, I know that I must do what's right. As sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti. So, Hey, how about that? That puts you right in the mood, right? Kilimanjaro is right in the, in the song. I tell you what, I'm gonna, I might, I might have to go listen to the song now. <laughs> Yeah, you got hey, you got to hear all of it. It's, it's all about you. Hey, Sean, what what night what night of the week is it that you do karaoke over there? <laughs> oh no, I don't go anywhere near karaoke. I could I could <laughs> recite poetry, but that's I could go in a coffee shop and do some of that hip poetry, but I'm not going to ever sing. So yeah, you, um, you need open mic night where they just want poetry reading. Yeah, exactly. Some of that beat poetry or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, it's cool. I, I like this song. It's kind of goofy, but like I say, it does have a lot of things that reference you. But but we picture you. This is this is bad, Hayden. So tell us what your situation is. We said, oh man, they get Wi-Fi in grass huts. Are you in fact in a grass hut or are you, are you in a house? What What's it like over there? Uh, no. Uh, so we're, we're staying with, with Nick's friend, Mike. And, um, his family, they have a, have a really nice apartment. And, uh, I think they said we're in Northern, Northern Nairobi. Um, and it's got, it's a, it's a gated, uh, little community. And, uh, so where we are is, is pretty nice. Uh, there's definitely some not so nice places here. So, uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see the, the contrast between, uh, where we are, where we're going to be, um, and all that. So, they uh they have they have a fairly large place because they have people uh coming over here from from the United States all the time uh doing mission work and mm. they've actually they've they've lived here for i think thirteen or fourteen years uh doing doing mission what? work so they they found their calling over here and and so it's it's really cool to to be able to be a part of it. Will you get to go out and uh, see any wildlife um, at all? I mean, obviously, it's not like a jungle there. I understand that. But um, are they going to take you places where you might be able to see some, I don't know, lions or giraffes or elephants or anything? Yeah. So I think that's that's kind of what we're going to do uh, today, um, which is tomorrow for you guys. Uh, right. We're uh, we're going to go out there. Uh, we're going whenever we go hiking. I think we're going to. Uh, one of the national parks uh, down here, and they said we'll we'll be able to see zebra and giraffes and everything. So I think we're going to go to wow. uh, an island that has uh, a big lake around it or something, and there's like hundreds and hundreds of hippos, and so it'll oh, be, be cool. it'll it'll be really interesting. I've I've never I've I think I've got to see a giraffe, but I don't think I've ever really got to see uh, a zebra or a hippo or or anything like that. So it's uh man, I'm I'm just I'm just super pumped about it. So I cool. uh, it's been it's been a while, but I did get to visit um I've never been to Africa, but I did get to go to where you stopped by on uh, on the first part of your trip and that was to Dubai. Um it's funny cuz when I was in Dubai I'm like, "Damn, this looks a lot like Owensboro." 
Yes. <laughs> actually, uh, actually, when I saw the photos, I think you did a little video on your Instagram from Dubai, and and I was like, man, I bet that that seems a lot different than home to uh, to Hayden. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it it's amazing there how like everything looks like it was built, you know, this morning, right? Oh my, it's it's so insane there. Uh, we. I mean, we just walked around for maybe an hour and a half or two hours and went and had dinner and went to the mall. And the mall there is is the size of Owensboro. It's <laughs> it's insane. Um, and then seeing the world's largest largest tower and uh, like seeing all the Rolls Royces and Bentleys and Ferraris and Lamborghinis driving around. I was a little upset I didn't get to see a gold plated one. But, you know, it was, it was, it was okay. I could definitely tell that there's, there's a lot of money flowing around that place. Yeah. It's funny. I think the worst car you ever see, there's like a really nice Lexus or something. And, you know, that's like, it's rare. I, it, I've never been to a place where there was so much money in such a, in one spot, you know? Oh yeah. It's, it's insane. I think every single Uber driver has a Lexus. So it, uh, <laughs> that was, that was definitely, uh, the most average car there. Um, and mm -hmm. then, you know, I, I didn't get to see it much during the daylight, but, uh, until we flew out yesterday morning and, uh, I looked out the window of the hotel and, you know, a half a mile away, I could see on the river, these massive th two, 300 foot yachts. And I was just wow. like, man, what it must be like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it was that was definitely an experience and uh i mean everybody was super nice uh over there so that was that was a big surprise also you know with with that much money in america people aren't always the nicest so that was it was really cool we need to get some of those guys to come over and sponsor some teams or sponsor moto america for us if they've got that much wretched excess wouldn't you say no no kidding no kidding that's for sure <laughs> just you know sell sell one of your yachts you could you could fund a whole race team for a few years right. they could they could fund a race team with the change in the sofa yeah <laughs> that's no right. kidding that's right. um uh, hey hey not, I, i've got a question for you uh, well it's something uh I've seen from time to time during the flat track season, people will comment on the fact that uh, Sammy Helbert runs the number 69 and, you know, they in, in uh, out of respect and love for, for Nikki, they they'll get, get on him about all oh, that number ought to be retired. And of course they don't understand the fact that, that uh, Sammy's own brother Jethro had that, um, that plate number and, and is no longer with us either. Um, can you, I'd like you to explain to us or to the, our audience, why your first name is Hayden and why you run the number 69. I mean, what, what's your, what's your connection to the whole thing? Um, so, so my, uh, my grandpa is, uh, brothers with, with Earl Hayden. Um, so that's, so my mom is, is, uh, her uncle is Earl and, and Earl is my great uncle and Nikki and Tommy and Roger and, uh, Kathleen and they're, they're my second cousins. So, mm -hmm. um, so I got the name Hayden, uh, from my mom's side of the family. Um, and, and then I run 69 whenever we were little, whenever me and my older brother, and my younger brother, whenever we got our first motorcycles, 
from Uncle Earl and and, and my papa, uh, Marty, we uh, they gave us twenty two sixty nine and ninety five in relation to Tommy being the oldest. So my older brother got twenty two, I got sixty nine because Nikki was kind of the middle child, uh, and my younger brother Ethan got ninety five because of Roger. So mm-hmm. uh, that's how that's how I ended up running sixty nine, and then whenever JD moved. Uh, and started living with us after my little brother passed away. Uh, he started running ninety five. Uh, be for him in in honor of him. So that's that's how I run the number. And I know a lot of people comment on com- comment on my stuff. Uh, quite a bit about running number sixty nine and and how I shouldn't. And I've gotten into a few arguments about it. And uh, wow. yeah, so it's. It's funny that that you say that about uh, Sammy. Kind of people telling him that it should be retired, but he runs it out of respect for his his brother who passed away. And uh, yeah, so it's I I, I understand where people come from, but uh, whenever they say that stuff, but you know, obviously, if you don't look into the sport well enough or watch the sport enough to know that stuff, uh, that side of it, you know, then you shouldn't be commenting on our, our stuff anyways. Right. I actually didn't know with you, I wasn't sure that it was a situation where you would have that. I mean, I brought up Sammy because I knew it was because of Jethro. It really has nothing to do with the Haydens, but for my, my gosh, your first name is Hayden. So people should realize that. But um, I didn't know that you got into discussions about that. I just, I just wanted you to be able to kind of talk to people about it who, who may not know. And I figured most people did, but I guess not. So, um, no, it's, it's a great tribute. No doubt. What was, what was, uh, JD's number before he switched to 95? I don't even know. Uh, he ran, he ran 73, uh, because his dad was number 73. Uh, and I think whenever he went to do rookies cup, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't run 73 or, or something. And, uh, he ended up running 59 because I don't think he was able to get 95 either. And then uh, once he, he, and then he started racing flat track with number 95. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I, honestly, I, I, I don't even know how exactly it started or, or what kept it going, but you know, it's, it's been such a long time. It's been, I think over I think 13 or yeah. 10 years or something like that since he's been running it. And uh, so such a long time ago is now it just, is normal. So it's, uh, right. Yeah. I don't know. It's, Oh, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to ask him later and make sure the story was right. <laughs> make sure you let us no, know. I, Cause I think Sean will try to find a song that has lyrics that, that you know, the numbers are in there like that. <laughs> and then, and then he, he can go ahead and tell us that next week. And then, you know, we can learn even more about, uh, about numbers. So <laughs> by all means, you know, let's continue this, uh, this trend of learning. Is uh, yeah, my brain isn't yeah, pulling yeah. up yet. <laughs> we all need to learn. Um, I'm Hayden. So this is the off season, um, but you're always training, climbing up Mount Kilimanjaro is certainly training for you. Uh, you're going to be away from. Uh, it seems like you do a lot of riding with Ridiculous out at the school. You must have had to fit this in in, in terms of you. Know, you had to take a break from riding, obviously, to do this trip. Um, I guess it's great to sort of recharge your batteries a little bit. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just super, I'm, I'm just blown away that I, I, I get this opportunity to, to come over here. Not a whole lot of people 
uh, do. And, um, you know, actually I didn't have to take any, any time off from, from ridiculous. They, uh, oh. take all of, they take all of January off and all of December off. Um, so once, once I get back, I think we have a, have a camp, uh, on the 5th uh, of February. So it'll, it'll kick start and, and get going again as soon as I get back. But, you know, I'm, uh, I don't know, in, in between races, I, I always try and recharge and, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't ride as much as, as, as a lot of people in, in the paddock and, uh, and all that, even though we have tracks at our houses and, and, uh, and all that, I just, sometimes for me, uh, being on the bike every single day or, or every few days, it just, it, it really burns me out. Uh, and, and I, I love the sport so much that, that I, and I, I have such a competitive nature that whenever I am riding, it's always competitive. And, and so whenever JD and Nick and, uh, Jake and Roger and all them are always riding back home, sometimes I have to, I have to get away from them and, uh, kind of just do my own thing. Cause I get so competitive and if I'm not fast enough or, or faster than them, it really, uh, really hurts my ego and, and I don't want to ride for a while. <laughs> so, uh, so this is, this is a really cool a trip. Where, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is a really cool trip. I'm going to get to recharge and, you know, hiking up, hiking up the mountain, uh, up to 19,000 feet is going to be definitely a test. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and and then also looking forward to to getting back home and and get back to riding. Well, Hayden, I, you know, I I quoted those uh, those things early when I was introducing you, but what there, there's a huge difference between the Hayden Gillum of 2015 and the Hayden Gillum of 2000 and well now 19. What mm. what 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 has changed? What what have have you made big changes, or is it just a matter of of riding more and getting better or is there, is there stuff that we don't know about on the side that you've, you've changed to, to make the, the jump from being 10th in the championship to being second in the championship? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've made quite a few, um, lifestyle changes since 2015. Uh, you know, I, I think I turned, I turned 21 in 2015. So, that, uh, that had a big effect on it. Um, you know, I, I drank a lot and, uh, and the last in 2016 and 2017, I, I drank a lot and, and, uh, was on the road by myself and just wasn't training very much and wasn't eating right. And, um, so this last year I, you know, getting onto a really good team with ridiculous and, um, having all their support, I, I made the changes that I needed to, to, to make sure that I got to the front and uh, was able to stay there. And, you know, so I, I stopped drinking, uh, and, and started eating right and started training a lot more and, and then working with the ridiculous guys working with Kim Hill. Uh, I've changed my, my riding has changed quite a bit. It doesn't look like it on camera all that much. Um, unless you know what you're looking for. And, um, yeah, I mean, just from 2017 to 2018 in my riding, it was, it was a huge, huge change. And then plus those other changes away from the track and away from the bike that I made had a big, a big effect on it. And then 2015, 2016, 2017, I, I didn't have the greatest 
greatest of years. Um, and I think, I think not being on the best bike, kind of running my own program, uh, with a, with a small budget and, and doing everything myself, it, it, it definitely relit the fire underneath of me and, and, and made me, made me want to get back, uh, to the front and maybe want to be a contender for a championship. And it, uh, I, I just, I got to keep that going and, and, you know, working all the time on my riding and, and training and, and all that with JD and, and Roger and Jake and Nick and all those guys back home. It's, it's, it's a huge help. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy how much my life has changed over the last few years to, to get me to where I am. Hmm. Oh, congratulations, because it's definitely worked. Hey, thanks a lot. <laughs> you know, I think I think as excited as we all are, and I know you are too, or I'm sure that you are, that JD got that superbike ride, and you're you're probably delighted about that, and and a little bit relieved that he's not still in supersport, not just because of the competition, but because of the dynamic between the two of you guys being being so close. Um, it's got to be interesting for you. Uh, you you probably were as excited as JD about it possibly, or how do you, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's worked his butt off, uh, the last five or six years that he's been with, uh, that he was on the graves, uh, R six. And, um, you know, and then he kind of, you know, there, there was, there just wasn't anywhere for him to go, uh, no teams or anything for him to hop onto a sewer bike. So it was, it was really, uh, it was really amazing to for essence and to to jump on board with attack and and uh make that whole program happen um you know it was it was yeah we were all really happy back home for him and 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 just to see him seeing him ride on the r one you know the first day or so he he definitely looked a little uncomfortable it was a lot different all the power and and everything but now uh whenever I see him ride the thing he looks so good and uh I mean, it's definitely going to be a learning curve, but you know, he's been on the, he's been on a thousand before he's been on a super bike with attack. Uh, definitely. I don't know if it was necessarily the same, uh, performing equipment as what he's got now. You know, the, the Kawasaki was a, was a tough bike to ride and, and to develop back then. And, you know, the R1 is so good. So it'll, it'll be really cool to see in that class, man. I tell you what is so. Is so stacked. I mean, the whole, I mean, there's 10 guys every weekend that can win a race. So it's, uh, it's really cool to see. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to do really well and, uh, surprise a few people. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I was excited to see him leave the class, you know, open it up a little bit for me. Um, but I definitely wanted to try and kick his butt a little bit more, uh, this season. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but not me now. Now we got, Nick McFadden's on the team now and uh you know I think he's he's going to do really well. He uh you know the team is definitely going to help him a lot as far as his riding goes and and uh you know have helping him have the right mindset towards everything. So it'll be cool to mm. see uh how he progresses and I know he's got the speed. I mean, you can see just from a few of the races this year or uh this last year that you know he was right on my tail for the first five or six laps and uh so it'll be it'll be interesting to see, and then we got uh, PJ coming into the series again. So that's that's going to be really cool uh, to see. You know, he's a he's a world class rider. So to be able to see where 
where we stack up against him uh, will be really good for us. And then to show to show everybody overseas that that we're not we're not a bunch of pushovers over here. Have you ever raced against PJ either either road racing or flat track, Hayden? Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, you know, growing up um, on sixty fives and eighty fives and fifties uh, back in the day at the amateur nationals and everything. Uh, I got to race PJ quite a bit and, you know, he always whooped my butt back then. So, uh, hopefully I can repay the favor this year. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny you, you say about how you much you've progressed and and changed from, uh, a few years ago to now. I mean, you talk about JD too. You think about JD when he had that super bike ride with the tack on that Kawasaki versus now he's, he's a totally different JD beach. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. And he's, he is, he's worked his butt off the last however many years it's been six years or whatever. Um, you know, and, and living with him, living across the hall, uh, from him, seeing how he does everything and how he goes about his life. And, uh, you know, whenever he's sitting still, he's, he's all, he feels he's, it, it's weird for him. He's uh he feels if he doesn't do something productive <laughs> all day. Yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't do something productive all day long, he doesn't feel like he had a productive day. So it's uh it's pretty crazy to see how he trains and how he goes about his life and his eating and, uh, and everything is just, it's crazy. And he, he's definitely is on the, the far end of the spectrum as far as his focus and dedication to the sport. He's, I mean, He's as dedicated as anybody I've ever seen. So it's uh, it's it's really cool to to live with that and see that, and uh, it helps motivate motivate me to to be the same way. But it's like I said, if if I went to that extreme uh, as what he does, I would I would probably hate racing. <laughs> so I have to I have to tone it down a little bit from where he's at. But uh, yeah, he definitely his work ethic and everything definitely rubs off on me uh, a little bit. And I'm lucky for that. I mean, it does Hayden, but on the, at the same time, I love the fact that you're your own man. You're not, uh, I guess, intimidated by his crazy work ethic, which works for him. But to, to your point, you seem to be comfortable with the fact that, you know, your pace and what you have to do. Um, you don't seem to feel like, you know, you're not doing as much work as, as hate as a, uh, JD is because you certainly probably are, uh, I would say, or, or maybe, you know, you just don't want to go that far, I guess. Uh, JD's even told us that he probably overdoes it sometimes and I'm sure you've seen it. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's one thing that, that I'm definitely afraid of is just uh, overtraining myself. And, and, um, I've, I've seen JD, uh, where he's been sick before, uh, from just going way Mm -hmm. too far and, and, uh, and it's it's not good. He's 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 definitely gotten a lot better uh, since that time. Um, not so long ago, that was a few years back. Whenever he was he was pretty sick for a while, just because he was overtraining and then not eating enough. He and and he's a small guy. He's a little guy. He was uh, <laughs> you know for him for him being at I think 130 pounds is is like a really good weight for him. And I, at one point he was down into the low 120s and. And he doesn't have a whole lot of fat on his body, and to see him even drop that much weight was was so crazy. And you, but you could just tell that the energy wasn't there. And uh, and I know for me, uh, you know, 
it's it's crazy because the first week after the season was over, I actually I I stopped working out and uh and and went on a on a big binge as far as eating just cookies and <laughs> and everything and and for me like my body whenever I do that I I blow up I uh I went from <laughs> 170 pounds to 185 within a matter of a week and uh, so it's I have, I definitely have to work a lot to to get all the weight back off to get down just to even the high 160s and uh and it's it's pretty tough for me and and but having him him in the house and uh being able to kind of have him helping me is is a lot better for me as far as eating habits and and working out and stuff you know it's it is good for us to to push each other and you know uh, in a lot of aspects I need to be a little bit more like him and uh just in the in the laid back uh, sense of everything, sometimes he he does have to take a look and just be like, "All right, I gotta I gotta chill out a little bit." Hayden, real quick, um, it, let's if this plays out the way I'm sure you want it to, and probably the way a lot of people want it to, you would end up being the 2019 Super Sport champion. Is your goal from that to Obviously, I mean, I can picture you on a on a really good superbike. Is that is that is that the goal? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's always the goal. And um, set 2016, 2017, I got to I got to race against the superbikes and uh, on the on the 1000. And you know, it, to 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 be a part of that class, even though I wasn't technically on a superbike, uh, to be a part of that class and see how fast everybody is um, and see how each and every session, everybody's everybody's raising the level of competition. Um, that's, that's definitely where, where I want to be. And, um, you know, I, I think I've learned a lot the last few years and, and I would love to make the step up to Superbike. Um, so that's, I mean that, yeah, that's, that's definitely where, where everybody that is here in America, where it wants to be, everybody wants to be on the Superbike and, uh, and fighting for those wins in that class. Um, because then, you know, if you're, if you can win in that class, you, you can win just about anywhere. So it's, uh, that's definitely where, where everybody here wants to be. And, you know, hopefully after this season, if it's a good year for me, uh, we can make that happen. Um, but it's, it's, there's a long way till the end of the season. So we even got a long way till the first race. So it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how everything folds out and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really confident coming into the season. It, last year was a little bit of an unknown for me, uh, going back to the 600 and then to be able to come out the first test, uh, like I did and, and feeling as good as I did on the bike. I, it was, uh, it was really good. We had a r- little bit of a rough stretch in the middle, uh, or the first, uh, quarter of the season. And, uh, we've learned a lot since then, have the bike in a really good spot and, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a really good year. Well, you're on a really good team, Hayden. I mean, uh, Ridiculous Racing is is really a premier team. And I mean, I'm talking to Kelly Reese and I uh, spent a little time talking to Adam Bronfman, too. And it sounds like their progression is that they plan to at some point move up to the Superbike class. And if you are still with that team, it seems like they're, you guys would might maybe progress at the same time into that. I, I imagine as a team, you've, you've talked about that a little bit, but is that, is that true? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's where they want to go. I know, um, talking at the beginning of last season, um, 
their their hopes um, were to, after a few years, hopefully have two sewer bikes. They wanted to, to be able to get two 600 riders. They wanted to be able to get two Junior Cup riders. So hopefully, hopefully that's still that's still in the plans and uh and i'm really hoping that it, it, it's able to work out and i think after this season we'll be able to see see kind of where where they're wanting to go with it um and see because i mean it, it is it is a lot of money to to run a super bike program and uh unless the sponsors can jump on board i'm not sure if if they want to do it um so we'll 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 have to see only time can tell whenever it comes to that stuff but they they definitely want to get to that point. They want to be at the front of every single class in in the Moto America series. What one of the other things I wanted to ask you about is it's become pretty fashionable to be a road racer and a flat tracker at the same time. The guy across the <laughs> hall from you, uh, of course, uh, it sounds like PJ Jacobs is going to do it. You've done it. Uh, you did it quite a, a fair amount last year on the on the Indian. Uh, what's your plan this year? Are you going to do some flat track as well? I, I definitely want to, uh, I, I'm, I'm still working on, on that stuff. I, I, man, I, I loved riding the, uh, the Indian, uh, in the twins class this year. It was so amazing. And it was my first time racing, racing a twins, uh, racing a twin. Um, and it was just eye opening and, I actually I didn't want to I didn't like riding my 450 after riding those things so <laughs> it's uh I definitely want to get back on them and and you know I had so much fun doing those events and I came in kind of nobody really knew what I was going to do I didn't know what I was going to do and then my first race uh I was fighting for a podium even though I didn't quite have the speed as everybody else I got pretty tired uh that's a big old bike to be jumping around and doing doing a bunch of yeah. different stuff with so it uh it was it was so much fun and and doing it on my own. I didn't quite have the greatest setup, uh, I I don't think. But you know, John Cornwell, Corn Dog from Olin's was helping me out with everything. He was he was kind of like uh, uh, kind of crew chiefing, but then kind of not. So it was uh it was so much fun and and you know to see JD go and do as many races as he possibly can, and then to see J uh, PJ come over and and hop back into the series. It'll be, it'll be really cool to see how they do. And I'm hoping I can get out there and, and dice it up with them and, and battle with them. And, uh, you know, if, if I was able to do that, that'd be a pretty cool story. If, if me and PJ were battling, uh, in the road races and then battling on the flat track too. So we'll <laughs> see, but, uh, hopefully I can make something, make something work out and, and do as much racing as I can this year. But, uh, you know, only, only time will tell. I've got a, I've got a question for you. And if you don't answer it correctly, I'm just going to have it edited out. But, um, <laughs> what, which, which of those is, is more difficult because uh, again, it, it seems like our guys can go, I mean, it, it's kind of apples and oranges because, you know, a lot of our guys grew up riding dirt trackers, so it's not a real fair comparison, but it seems like we can go to their series and do well but then i think it's whenever they've tried to do the same it it it, it doesn't work out so well is, is that mean that road racing's harder or is it just because they don't have the experience i yeah it's it's tough to say um you know i i think whew, that's that's a tough question uh you know they're both they're both really hard uh you know the road racing side of things is the races are definitely a lot longer and <clears throat> you got to 
you got to have a whole lot of uh, of just natural ability. And then plus, you know, you we've been working. Most of us in the paddock have been working at it for so long that you know it's it's second nature. And it's it's the same thing with the flat track guys. They've been doing it for so long that they don't know anything else. And um, to kind of you know we all struggled at the beginning whenever we hopped to road racing. So um, it's yeah, it's it's hard to say because I know road racers that have tried to go flat tracking or I've started flat tracking. It's, it's really tough for them. And, uh, so it's, I think it's, I think it's kind of equally hard, equally difficult. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot more of a setup, uh, setup that you need for, as far as road racing to really, to really have the speed. And I know it's the same way for the twins, the four fifties, you can ride around a whole lot of things. Um, but yeah, oh, that's a that's such a tough question. But uh, they they're both they're both they're both really hard in in their own right. And uh, to see as many people get into flat track as they have in the last few years is really cool. But then to see a bunch of flat trackers try and go road racing uh, is is also really cool. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. Um, I definitely think whenever a road a road racer goes to flat track. They expect it to be a little bit easier than what it is and, and vice versa from flat track to road racing. Well, in typical Hayden Gillum fashion, you just were able to do that without pissing anybody off. So good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at talking my way out of things. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you have to do it enough, then you get good at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that that uh you know uh, that question that you have is a great question, uh, Paul, and it brought up something else I wanted to ask, Hayden. Um when, when we watch JD road race, you can tell he's a flat tracker. Uh, he's all over the bike and it has something to do with his size, I'm sure. But I, I know from having worked on his team in the past that he, you know, he's, he's pretty hard on the rear brake or he uses the rear brake a lot. Let me say that. But you, when you road race, you don't look like you are hanging it out as much. You seem to be more in line with the bike. Is that true? Or are you, are you smoother on the bike than, than JD is? You don't seem to have a flat track style in a road racer, or I could be wrong. What, what's your assessment of that? Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, our riding styles are definitely separate ends of the spectrum. He's, he definitely yeah. likes to back it in and, and, and is definitely all over the place. Um, but I think, I think it's, I think he's able to do that because of his size, because he's, uh, you know, smaller on the bike. The, the movements that he does doesn't affect the bike as much. And, uh, you know, little movements for me really upset the bike, you know, I, uh, I, my, my legs are a little bit bigger than his and my body's a little bit bigger <laughs> than his. And so whenever I plop down on the seat, the whole bike wants to do something crazy. And, uh, whenever <laughs> I push on the pegs, it's, it's definitely, the bike definitely feels it. Uh, I don't think most of the bikes like me on them. <laughs> so, uh, I think if I was, I think if I was all over the place and kind of crazy, uh, it would, it would be tough for me to, to do as well. And, uh, yeah, because that's that's one thing I don't I don't use the rear brake that much. I I still use it quite a bit, but he definitely he definitely likes his rear brake, and uh, hmm. yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure why uh, it's like that. I know um, I know a lot of people that have done flat track and then rose up through the ranks of road racing too. They they definitely like the bike out sideways a little bit more, but. Um, even even flat tracking, I was I've I've never been really all that good at the tracks where you have to have to be out of control and you're kind of all over the place and on the gas and 
So I think it, it might just be, it might just be a little bit of me. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm mm. scared. I must be just <laughs> scared of the bike hurting me. <laughs> well, scared or not, it works for you. That's for sure. I mean, your style is certainly doing the right thing. I've got a uh, I've got a suggestion that I think Hayden's going to be really happy with, and I think we're going to end this show here pretty quick. It's uh, it's almost three in the morning where he is, so um, I'm going <laughs> to let you wrap it up, Sean, since you did such a wonderful job with the intro. <laughs> and let's see how you do with the close. If you want to work some song lyrics into it or some numerology <laughs> or whatever you want to do, you feel free. Um, I want to thank you, Hayden, for joining us. Um, be safe on the rest of your trip. I know you're doing something that you, you're looking forward to and you're excited about, and I'm ex excited about it for you. So enjoy that trip and, and the rest of your time there, and we'll talk when you get back. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've been listening to y'all's shows here, uh, here lately, and it, I'm, man, I was pumped to get the, to, to be asked to be on here. So thanks a lot, and, uh, uh, yeah, I'll let you guys know how Africa goes. Yeah, please do. And uh, I'll hand this off to Sean for a brilliant close. Big thanks to Hayden Gillum for joining us on this episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. And I also thank my partner, uh, Paul Carruthers, out on the West Coast. Uh, this was a good episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. And we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, please keep listening on your favorite podcast channels, and we'll keep bringing these to you in the coming weeks and months ahead. Thanks, everybody.